you know, Memorial Day is an interesting uh, day for, you know, preaching in the, in the church. We're, we're, we're here to serve Jesus, and we're not here to recruit people for the military. And so, um, you know, for me, it's always, you know, Lord, how, how, do, we, how do we go with, with this? Um, even as a believer, for me, I'm a Christian first. I, be, I believe that's what we're supposed to be. We, and and, and if, if I offend you, I, I don't mean to. And I really do apologize. Um, I think we're supposed to, I believe we're supposed to be Christians first and then an American. And because what unites all believers is their Christianity, what can actually push us apart are our politics or our nations. So if I have to choose one over the other, you know I'm going to fall on Jesus every time. And I'm very patriotic. I love, I love this nation. I remember I was in Norway for the Olympics in 1994. And I was doing an outreach there, actually, in, uh, in Lillehammer. Um, and we didn't expect to be able to see any Olympic Games. You know, we're right there, but we were just witnessing. We're out in, in, uh, in Olympic Square and all that in Lillehammer and sharing our faith. And boy, it was cold. Mark Johnson and me and a, and a team from the States. There was a biker guy. I don't know if you guys know um, Phil Aguilar. He's the was the founder of the Eagle's Nest. His brother, Bert, was there. Um, he's a biker. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Norway or seen. I mean, it's, it's kind of conservative, and you have this, like, 260-pound biker wearing leather. I mean, he's his long beard, and, and he's part of our team. It was really funny. People, we, we'd walk down the streets, and people would get out of our way. <laughs> They're not used to that. Anyways, but so we're there and, and playing guitar out in negative zero temperatures and sharing our faith. I've never had my fingers be so cold. We got through one song, and they'd have to switch to the other guitar. Anyway, so we're, we're out in... And, uh, but before we got, when we first landed there, um, I don't actually, th it was kind of interesting. I felt like we were the out team, you know. They're like, oh, you're here. Okay, I don't know what to do with you. And so one of the guys says, well, we don't have anything for you today. Do you want to go see an Olympic event? And we're like, let me think about that. Let me pray about that. Yes. Um, and so we, we went, oh, I didn't care. I didn't care what it was. I mean, it could have even been the, the and I, the, I don't get this sport, the ski up, shoot a gun. I, what is that called? Do you know what that is? Ski, what, skeet? Anyways, they, they, yeah, they ski and then they shoot. I, I wouldn't have cared. Just something. Right? We get to see an Olympic event because then years later I'd be able to tell a story like this. And so we're, we're there. We're, we, we get our tickets from a scalper and, and we go in and, and we're, we're hockey. We're like, we need to see hockey. Well, that's good. It's inside. We get to watch this thing. I don't care who's playing. You know, it can be Jamaica versus Czechoslovakia. You know, I don't even know. But we get in there and it's USA, Canada. Wow. Right? I'm like, no way. I mean, you know, and these, this is our rival. Canada and US, we're, we're rivals in, in hockey. And so this is really cool. So we're there. And uh, we're watching it, and um, unfortunately, we, we lost. I'll just give you the, the end. We did lose. It was a bummer. But um, so we're there, and, and there's a guy right behind us with a Canadian flag that's bigger than this thing right there, and he's just waving that thing, and he's so proud. And, and, but I'm like, every time we'd, we'd get the puck or if we, when we scored, I mean, it was just like this amazing thing. I was beginning to feel patriot, patriotism way I've never, ever felt. I'm in a foreign country, and this is my country. And so, and, and so Mark, Mark uh, somebody found a little tiny flag, you know those little ones you do at the game, like this big with a little flag that's like this? So Mark got that flag, and he went up to the Canadian, and he went, yeah, right in his face. And, you know, anyways, we really, really felt, I, I mean, I, I was crying at different times of just the, the, the pride. When the national anthem played, and I, I'm in Norway, the national anthem plays, I'm just, I cr I'm crying. So I, I, all that to say, you know, I'm, I'm patriotic. I love this nation. I, I believe God wants to use our nation and has used it in the past to bless the nations of the world. And, and I don't ever want to lose that. I'm, I'm afraid we might. And, and if the believers will, will unite together, I don't, I don't think we have to. But, but when it comes to it, I am a Christian first. I, I don't want to lift up my, my nation I want to lift up my God. And so I hope that doesn't offend you, but I want to encourage us to say, no matter what, we have to be Christian first. 
Everything we do should be focused in and through the lens of God. I'm a believer in you. Um, he says to obey the laws of the land that you live in, so we do. We, we honor that. Um, and, and I will always, you know, obey those laws until those, these laws in this nation begin to contradict my faith. And then I'll have to make a choice to either leave this nation or just to be in rebellion because I won't go against my faith no matter what the laws of this land ever say. Amen. So today we want to we, we think about those things. We want to remember those things. But as, as believers, we want to remember the Lord. So this morning, I want to talk about memorials. I want to talk about remembering. Um, the, the theme of remembering is, is huge in the Bible. There, there's hundreds of scriptures about remembering, remembering the past. Um, there was there, and, and, you know, remembering is sometimes hard. Any of you guys having a hard time remembering things yet? <laughs> right? Some of you have sometimes disease, you know. <laughs> sometimes you just forget everything. But um, so there was this, this, this man, and he was, he was getting a little bit older, and, and he was starting to have problems with his memory. And uh, so he was talking with his buddy, and they were having coffee at his house. And, uh, and so they were talking about that as, as I've had some conversations with some of you about, man, I'm just starting to forget things. I'm starting. So he was going, yeah, we, my wife and I, we've been, we've been forgetting things. And so um, at, the, at the senior center, they had this class on, on tricks to help you remember things. And it's been really helpful. We took this class and we're, we learned some tricks and some techniques to recall things and help remember um, names and things like that. And he goes, really? He says, yeah. And, and the guy says, well, you know, so it was helpful? He says, yeah. He says, what was the name of that class? I'd like to take that class. And the guy says, wait. Uh, what's that? Uh, there's a, a flower with thorns on it. It's usually red. And you give it like at Valentine's Day. What's that called? And the guy goes, a rose? And the guy goes, right, rose. Hey, rose, what was the name of that class we took? So, bad. Anyways, so sometimes it's hard to remember things, but we're gonna this morning. We're gonna, we want to talk about remembering and, and why we should remember. And, and you know, as as believers, um, well, as people, we've heard different things. Even um, we should say, well, we wanna we wanna forget the past. Well, the Bible even says, forgetting what's behind, we press on towards the goal. Uh, one of the things when we when we read the Bible. It's important to not take one scripture and make a doctrine out of that without actually knowing what else the Bible says because God tells us many, many, many times to remember the past. And so, we, so, so do we forget the past and press on or do we remember? Actually, we, we, we do both. And so, so one of the things that we're forgetting is, um, you know, we're, we're forgetting, we're putting at less value the things that are behind us and we want to press on. But we need to actually remember things. We need to remember the good things sometimes. And we need to remember the bad things sometimes, or at least let those things come up. And the reason I say sometimes is because sometimes when we're remembering things, we can dwell on them. We're not necessarily supposed to dwell on them. We're not definitely not supposed to live in the past. We can remember the past, but we should never live in the past. Um, I don't know if you've ever met the person um, who had one great event in their life. Maybe it was playing football in high school, or they whatever it was. They did something really exciting one time 40 years ago, 30 years ago, and they always talk about that. You know, when I was in high school, I was the star quarterback. And you go, and, and you're 60 now, and the most important thing in your life was that you were the star quarterback. That's really kind of sad. It's fixating on something from the past. Well, sure, we can remember things, but we don't want to live in the past. Um, bad things. Bad things happen. Sometimes we feel like we just want to forget everything that's bad. There's a problem with that. When you forget everything that's bad, you might just end up repeating it. Those who fail to learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. So it's actually okay to remember the past mistakes. The, pa the ba past bad things, they can help us to make a different decision now. Vietnam was a horrible 
horrible travesty. We, uh, mo most people, and I, I you know, to, to, if I get, let Tom get up here, he'd just talk for hours about Vietnam and, and, and history. Almost everyone I've ever talked to who served in Vietnam all say the same thing. We should have never been there. We should have never been there. We didn't know how to fight. We didn't understand the ideologies behind what was going on. And, and, and we suffered massive casualties. Okay. But we were there. And so we can still remember that we were there. We can honor those who fought because they fought for their nation. Even though if their nation made a bad decision, they fought with honor and integrity. But if we forget totally about that, we may go back into another skirmish that we have no business being involved in. Yeah. In the Middle East, right? So we want to remember those things, hopefully, to make different decisions. Okay? You got, f you got four marriages behind you? And you just want to forget them? Here's a problem. You might need to remember them so that you don't make the same mistake again did a wedding for a guy years and years ago at the wedding chapel when i owned a wedding chapel and and um we didn't do premarital counseling and i just did just did weddings you know kind of i didn't dress up as elvis or anything but it was just a simple wedding <laughs> and we had a few minutes before we we're going to start the wedding so i'm chit-chatting with him don't know why i asked this question i never really asked this question so did you and your and your uh, fiance get any premarital counseling I, honestly it was really strange i never asked that and the guy looked at me and says he goes, I've been married three times before. I don't need premarital counseling. I guess he thought that, that the counseling before marriage was going to teach you how to get married. He totally missed the point that it was actually going to try to help him to stay married. Right? And so sometimes we need to remember the past, remember our own proclivities, our own mistakes, our own behaviors. So we, we, remembering actually can be very good. We don't ever want to remember the past with shame. The Bible says that those who are in Christ, okay, and we've been set free, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So we're not supposed to carry shame and condemnation from our past, but it's okay to remember it. And remembering is, is actually very important. So there's some things, though, with, with our, our remembering the past that, that I want to make sure. We need to remember our past truthfully. Truthfully. Um, just, uh, just recently um, in, our, in our family, uh, and I think you're going to relate this. You know, before I even tell the, 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 my little story, there are things that you remember from your past, I, I hate to tell you this, that are not true. The way you remember it is not true. You don't know that, but other people who were there at the time actually might be able to help you put real truth into a situation. And so sometimes when we're remembering a, a, a situation, we actually have to pray and say, Lord, help me to understand the truth. When I'm doing counseling um, with, with people, one of the things I, I do is I try to, to help them. Well, is there any other possible interpretation for that event? Um, are we sure that you're looking at it truthfully? For instance, um, somebody who's 35, 40 years old sometimes will say, well, when I was young, my parents got a divorce. My dad left my mom. He, my dad left the whole family. And it was because um, I was naughty. And the, you, you, so, so the reason your dad left your mom was because you were naughty. Yeah. Is it possible that there was another interpretation? Is that possible that there was a, a different truth to that? Well, what do you mean? Is it actually possible that maybe your mom and dad didn't get along for whatever reason and your dad actually loved you but didn't know what to do and he left you. Not that it was the right thing, but he left you. There is, is, could that be the truth? So we have to try to remember the past uh, in truth, which is important as we're remembering things. Um, we want to remember uh, through God's perspective and, for, and the truth. Recently, just a couple of weeks ago, Matthew, uh, my son and his, his wife, my new, my new daughter, Julia, were at the house and we were talking about... Um, something we started talking about one of our trips to Disneyland and Matthew kind of got excited and, and he was talking about this story and I guess he's been telling everyone he says you guys remember when we did our trip to Disneyland I was like 10 and you guys left me at the park by myself and he was excited because he, we, he, he remembered that we left him at the park and went back to the hotel room for a couple of hours and let him wander the park when he was 10 and we're like well, Matthew, you weren't 10. Um, you were almost 12. And you and Zach went off with our telephone 
to go off on a couple of rides while we were in this line. We were still in the park. We just let them go on a couple of rides together. And they hit, took the little cell phone with them. And then when they got off the ride, we let them come back. We gave them that, you know, that freedom to go be big boys at almost 12. Yeah. He remembered being 10 and us leaving him <laughs> at Disneyland <laughs> by himself. Like, yeah, we <laughs> So why is that important? Because we actually have memories that are wrong. And so, so it's sometimes important to get truth back into our, our memories. And we can ask the Lord, Lord, help me to, re to remember this. Um, help me to, to, to remember um, what really happened. Help me to have your perspective as we remember these things. Um, the, the idea of the footprints is, is part, part of the where, where we can go with that. You know, the, of course it's just a poem, but it was, it's very, very neat, you know, and, and the guy was walking along and, and saw two footprints, sets of footprints in the sand, and at what times there was one set. And, um, and he said, you know, Lord, what, how come in the darkest times of my life there's only one set of footprints and you left me? You left me. That's when God said, you know, in the, in the dream, in the poem here, he says, no, I, I didn't, I never left you. That's when I carried you, you know. And, and, and actually, there's truth in those things. We've gone through experiences, but the, it, the Lord has never left us. We need to remember that. We need to remember it through the, the lens of the scriptures and the lens of uh, the Lord, how he sees it. Um, and so we, we do want to remember it. We want to remember it truthfully. The, Proverbs 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell. Buy the truth and do not sell. We want to always be looking for the truth. Um, again, I do, you know, just co coaching, counseling, whatever, uh, you know, marriage stuff and family stuff and whatever. And when I'm doing marriage counseling, um, you've, always, you've, he you've, you've heard the expression, well, there's two sides to every story, right? Yeah, no. There's three. There's his side, her side, and the truth. That's what I found out. That's what I found out. Very rarely does anyone actually ever have an actual good perspective when you're in the middle of it. A third party can see it much better. So we want to find the truth in any situation. We want the Lord to bring truth to us. But we want to remember things. We want to um, remember the truth of, of the Lord. So hmm. the Apostle Paul, he, he brought up his past. He brought up the past before he was saved, and he brought up the past of, of what God had done through him. We want to remember the things that God has done in and through our lives. We even want to sometimes remember the things that we did before um, to help people understand, look, at God rescued a sinner like me. He saved a sinner like me. This is what I was involved in. And then I came to faith and God set me free. So we want to remember the bad things so that we can say, look at this is how, how God worked in and through me. Not, not to tout of how bad we were. Um, it was uh, Michelle's brother, uh, Corey, who, who gave this one. Some people, when they share their testimony of the past, they, they talk about their sin like they're so proud of it. You ever hear that one? You know, I was the worst and I was this and I, you know, there was no one worse sinner than me and I used to kill people and I used to do drugs and, and like they almost seem proud of it and, and that's called a boastimony. It's a boastimony. It's not a testimony. It's a boastimony. Well, we don't want to boast about our, our, our past but we can bring it up to say, you know, I was horrible. You wouldn't have liked me. Or, you know, or, or, or I was wrecked in, in this type of sin or in this, but God. And so we want to remember those things even for ourselves. And I, I keep doing this. And I'm going to explain in a moment why I keep doing this. For now, you just got to watch me do it. You know, I used to do this, but, but God came and he did a miracle in my life. He did something, and I want to tell you about that. So, so we want to do it. Paul talked about that. Um, Joshua chapter 4. So when you get there, just don't, don't read yet. Just kind of put your finger there and then look up here again. So God was faithful to the people of Israel. 
He did miracle after miracle. Even we, we just went through uh, the person of Abram, Abraham, and all the things that God did, showed himself faithful. Remember that in the, when we went through the, the series with Abraham, how Abraham kept building memorials to God. He would build an altar and he'd worship God, but he'd build a memorial to remember what God had done in his life. So building memorials and altars is a in very important part of Christianity, remembering the things that God did. So, so set the scenes for, for those of uh, maybe who don't understand where Joshua's at. So Joshua is Moses' successor. And Moses brought the people out of Egypt. They were in Egypt under bondage. Um, they were oppressed at the end. I mean, at the end of their stay in in, in uh, Egypt, they were having to make bricks. Without, they had to gather their own hay. They, and they, were just, they were under taskmasters. It was a horrible, horrible scene. They weren't able to freely worship God. Moses, God uses Moses to deliver them. And I mean, he leads them through the Red Sea, which was really cool. He you know, parts the water. If you want to see what that looks like, you can go to Universal Studios and see the, the parting of the sea there. And I mean, just really powerful. So then, then they go through the desert, and, and God brings them manna from heaven, and he brings them, because they, they, they com- complained about that, he brings them quail. So much quail. They got sick of it. It's quail, like, like piled up. They said it was piled up. And they ate so much quail for 30 days that it was coming out of their noses. Which... What, what I can only imagine w- was, is that, um, you ever thrown up? Sometimes it comes out your nose. They had, they had eaten so much quail that they were probably just, just barfing and, and it was just disgusting, right? So but he provides, like, you want this? I'll give this to you too. Anyway, so, so but he delivered them. He brings water out of the rock. He does all this stuff. So, so now there's, a, there's the Jordan River is separating the people of Israel from the promised land. They wandered for 40 years and now they've got the, the, the uh, Jordan River is separating them. And at this time of the year, the Bible says that the river was really high and it would have been flooding its banks. And I, uh, years ago, we always focus on the Red Sea, parting the Red Sea. I actually think the, the stopping of the Jordan and the crossing of the Jordan is bigger because the water was flowing when you stop up a river, it's, it's not just like moving the water aside. You gotta stop all the water that's coming down the river. And that's a lot. Uh, February 14th, you guys had some rivers at your house, didn't you? You, c- you couldn't stop the water. The best you'd hope for is diverting it around. They stopped the water because if it would have diverted around, they still would have drowned. And all the way back, it's a powerful, powerful thing that God did. So Joshua chapter 4, Joshua chapter 3, Israel crosses the Jordan. Chapter, chapter 4. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe. There's, you know, God is so smart. He, he knew that even within the tribes, they were going to not get along with each other. And so you wanted a representative from every tribe so that there was truth in your tribe. So that the stories that we're about to read wasn't just, oh, that was, what, that was their version. Oh, no, somebody from your own family this happened to. One from every tribe. Command them saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan. So from the middle of Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm, you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you're lodging tonight. And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in times to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? What is this? What is this? Why did they do this? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it, was cr- when, it, uh, when it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded. They took up 12 stones from the middle of the river, 
and they brought him to the other side and they built a memorial uh, memorial stones and, and I don't know what this looked like um, but uh, it, they were big enough rocks that they had to put them on their shoulders so it was probably good size they built a memorial to remember the things that God had done it's important for us to remember the miracles that God has done has anyone ever been discouraged Right? Okay. Some of you are. I'm, I'm glad that only a few of you have been discouraged. Right? We've all been discouraged. In the middle of discouragement, it's hard to see and remember anything good. That's why when you're discouraged, it's actually really good to go back and look at the things that are good in your life. If you've ever been depressed... And I don't mean just a little down. I mean depressed where you actually now feel like nothing is good. Nothing will ever be good again. And that happens to me. I cycle. I cycle in depression. It usually only lasts about a day. But deep depression will come upon me. And in that day, I've determined my wife understands this happens to me now. I know I never make any decisions on that when that happens. Because when I'm depressed, I, I feel like the world's over. I, I mean, I just, I just like, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Um, I'm, I'm always going to be this way. Life is horrible. And it's not. I know it. So I've, I've now determined when that feeling starts to come onto me, I go for walks. I go for drives. I try not to see anybody because I'm really negative. It happens. God hasn't healed me of it yet. I'm praying that he will. I'm thankful it only happens occasionally. In those moments, sometimes one of the things I do is I, as I go back and say, God, I know that these things aren't true. And I, I'll read some journals or I'll, I'll, I'll read a letter. I'll look at pictures or I'll, I'll, I'll just cause myself to think and remember, I've got, I've got a beautiful family. My kids love me. I've got a wonderful church. I think they love me too. And I'll, I'll try to remember these things because when you're in the middle of it, you don't know. So God knows us and he says, you're going to build a memorial. I want you to do this because there's going to be times in the future that, they're gonna, that we're going to forget that God was good. And I'll guarantee that most of us in here, if you've walked with God for any amount of time, you've come to this place where you've actually went, God, you've never done anything for me. Because you were in the moment and it was bad. And you said, I don't even know. What have you ever done for me, God? Thank God that he doesn't just throw lightning bolts down. He's got a lot of grace and patience with us. So he knows us, and he says, no, that's why throughout the book of Deuteronomy, one of the biggest places you'll find, remember. Remember the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to give a couple of quick ones. Um, Deuteronomy 4, 9, and 10 says this, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord, your God at Horeb. So it's like he's causing us, remember, remember, don't forget what I did. Remember what I did. Remember what I did because he's done so much for us. And we need to remember that God is good. He's been good to us. We also need to know that God has been good to other people. That he's been faithful. The children of Israel, they would walk back by this, this pile of stones and they'd say, what is this? This is, to, this is when God brought us out of Egypt, brought us out of the wilderness, and he brought us into the promised land. And these stones used to be right in the middle of the Jordan River. They came from the middle of the Jordan River. That's why they're so smooth. And God stopped the water and we walked through. Wow, that's amazing. Dad, that's amazing. And it reminds us, yes, God is good. He's good. So I have a, I have a box of rocks this morning. And we're going to build a memorial. Because in everyone's life, God has done something for you. God has done something for most everyone actually God has done something for everyone in this room some of you just might not realize it yet you might not have accepted it yet but God has done something and 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 we should you know we should probably go out and get that big stone right out there first and just bring that in here and put it into the bucket but it crossed my chicken wire bucket because it's a really big rock and that first one would be 
God so loved me that he gave his only son to die for me. So that first one just crushes the box. But we won't do that this morning. We're just going to talk about some other things. So Jesus died for you and he died for me. And whether you've received it or not, he did it. And all you have to do is receive it and you can have eternal life. That's awesome. It's powerful. But in addition to that, God has done some things. And this morning, we're going to right now already, I want you to begin thinking of the things that he's done for you. And I'm going to give you some hints of some things that, that he has done for you that, that I'm going to ask people in, a, little, in, a, few, in a, mo a few moments here to come up. Some of you were liars. And I don't mean you just lied occasionally. We all lie occasionally. Some of you might have been a liar. And you lied about everything. You, you felt so bad about yourself. Whatever the, the reason was, you were a liar. And God convicted you, changed you, and you started becoming a truthful person. So much that, because that, I've seen this with, with people who struggle with actually just telling stories, false stories of what they used to do in the past. They're always, you know, always boasting and making up stupid stuff about them so they would look better. And I, I just want to tell you, if that's you, most people around you know that you're lying. So stop it. You know, you can only have so many stories that are that cool. Okay? But, but, but when God sets somebody free from that need to, to, to make themselves feel better by lying, they often become so truthful that every time they find out something's not true that they've told, they go back and correct it. You know, remember that time? In fact, this happened recently, and I was going to correct it, and then uh, I forgot. But I, I said um, a, a statistic that was wrong. And I go, no, I want to tell you, it, was, it wasn't 10 million, it was only 5 million, whatever it is. Because the truth is so important to them. But if you maybe have been set free from being a liar, and you're like, you know what? I don't have to lie anymore. It's awesome. That's an awesome stone. We could, we could put a, a big L on that for I used to be a liar. And you drop it right in the, in the bucket. Maybe some of you had a lust problem. And not just, you know, because lust is a common problem, but maybe your lust problem was a little above and beyond normal. Pornography. Infidelity. But God has healed you and set you free. You know, pornography is a, is a horrible, horrible epidemic in our culture. It's in the church, and it's destructive. Well, when I was young, I used to watch porn. You know, isn't that what you're supposed to do when you're a teenager? That's what the enemy would tell you. Well, God healed me, and he cleansed me, and I don't look at porn. I'm thankful for that. Now, it doesn't mean I'm ever tempted. Because, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I get a friend request. I got a friend request from someone, and as a pastor, I was like, oh. So I clicked on her profile, and it was, it, it, she was having sex on her, on the, right on the first page that I clicked on, and they were, I mean, it was horrible. It was like really, really, I reported, I, I, I closed it. Well, you know what? That, that, that porn thing came back up. It says, ooh, do you want to see more? I knew what it was. I was supposed to click on that and go find more. Was I tempted? Yep. But God delivered me, and I'm set free. So I'm set free from that. You can be too. You can be too. Some of you might have addiction problems, drugs, alcohol. Maybe God set you free of that. Your, your, your life was wrecked and ruined. I'm going to ask you to come up and you're going to pick up a stone. And you're going to say, I, I was, but God set me free. Now listen, this is, I mean, th this is not a faith statement. We're all set free, yes, but these are, this is important. This is that you've been set free. And other people around you would acknowledge, yeah, I may have been set free. This isn't, in Jesus' name, I'm going to be set free. This isn't a faith moment. This is actually a testimony to what God has done for you already. And here's why. Here's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. If you, we'll, we'll pray for you if you're in faith. You want to be set free and say, in faith, I'm never going to do it again. 
Because when you see a rock go in here, and here's, here's where we're, we're going to get going on this in just a minute. If you want, you can come up. People can come and get a rock. We're going to put it in here. Now, if you want, you can stop and in 15 seconds say, I was a liar, and now I'm truthful. And you put it in. I had a problem with lust, and, and God healed me, and I don't any longer. I was a gossip. I was a glutton. Come on, whatever your sin was, if you want, you can say it. You don't have to. You, you can just pick it up and put it in there, and nobody necessarily has to know. But if you're brave enough to say what you were, because see, see, have you heard about Rahab the prostitute? Well, you know, when we get to heaven, and you say, hey, I want to meet Rahab the prostitute. They're going to look through that and say, we don't have a Rahab the prostitute. We have a Rahab the righteous. Because she's been set free. She's not a prostitute. This is our past. And if you want, you're going to hold up the stone. You're going to put it in there and say, that was my past. I was. And God set me free. And here's why we want to, if there's anyone who would be bold enough, because maybe somebody who comes up here and holds up a stone and says, I was a liar and puts it in there. Somebody else can look in that and say, God can deliver me too. God delivered them. He can deliver me too. We're going to build a memorial of being set free from sin. All right? So here comes, here comes the bold part. We got enough rocks for a lot of sin. If you want to come today, well, I've got to pick up a stone and put it in there. If you want to declare it, just declare it. This isn't super spiritual, but we're going we're to make some damage in the kingdom because we're going to remember how God delivered us, and we're going to build a memorial. We're going to keep that. We're going to put it somewhere. We just put it out by the front door. Maybe we'll make it into something. This is the memorial of what God has done in the lives of the people in this church. So here comes the bold one. Who, gets to, who wants to come first? Put something in. Mark. Just come up. Just come on up. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. You don't have to share if you just want to come up and put, put something in there. Because there's a lot of people who've been set free from things. I worship false idols, the idol that I worship in sports. Awesome. Amen. Good. Good. There's also something that I'm going to open it up to, too. See, we're building memorials of God's faithfulness. Some of you maybe have a healing that you had. You were healed. You can put those in. Fear, loneliness. I can't pick up a rock because I need to be delivered. Okay.
I know we're, we're going to pray. Yeah, go for this. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Jesus. Some of you on this, some of you have been set free from hatred. You hated people. You hated a person. God set you free from hatred. If that's you, I want somebody to come up and take a stone and put in there. Amen. Amen. There's prejudice. There's hatred. There's anger. As you're doing that, you're giving thanks to God. God, thank you that you set me free and you changed me. I'm no longer someone who hates. God, you made me a person that loves. Putting away falsehood, we speak the truth in love. We used to be a, adulterers and fornicators, Debbie. Powerful. Amen. in Jesus there's grace and forgiveness and redemption Amen. Amen. You know, there's, there's freedom too when you come and you pick up a stone and you, and, and you know that, that God's done, but you're declaring it. You know, the enemy wants to get you in the shape. It's amazing. God set you free from the sin and immediately the devil came in and gave you shame over the sin. What is that? like you're still living in it we're set free there's no shame and guilt and condemnation there's so much hope in jesus you know we're gonna we, this I, we can fill this up and we're gonna just let people keep bringing stuff up here because we need to look at that and some of your things were already mentioned there's now here's the thing you can be set free from one thing and still have something else you know, I mean, there's, there's, a, there, there's people, you know, when I came to Jesus, I had my stuff, and it, was, it came off slowly, but there's definitely some people I've known come to Christ, and I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, well, if I'm going to confess my sins, we're going to be here for a while, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you, you can be set free from, I, I, I remember um, a guy coming, get saved. He was bad, he was bad. I'm not going to tell his name, because some of you know him. He was bad news. And he came in and he got safe. Well, this guy had murdered somebody, never went to prison for it. He was a drug dealer as well as a drug user. He was currently dealing to our kids. Right? So, come on, that's, I don't like that. Sorry. But he got saved. He came and gave a testimony on like the Sunday after he got saved. And in his testimony, he was cussing up a storm. 
And he was like, oh, I effing got saved and effing Jesus saved me. And I'm like, I remember this. So I was over on this side of the church. And he's giving his testimony and all these F-bombs are dropping. And I can just imagine some of the sweet older ladies are just, oh. And I'm going, hallelujah. And you know what? God didn't care about one F-bomb that day. You know why? Because he had delivered him from being a murderer and a drug dealer and a drug addict. I'll tell you, this guy had a lot more to be delivered from. A lot more. But he, he put in his rocks. See, you're putting in a rock doesn't mean you're perfect. It's like, I've been delivered from this. This is why it's going to be helpful. You're going to put one rock in there and say, you know what? If I got delivered from that, there's hope for this one too. There's hope. There's power. As you remember and build the memorial of God's faithfulness in his healing and setting us free and walking and I pray that those who already put, came up and put up a rock are beginning to feel that freedom. I'm no longer going to live in shame. And as a church, I'm going to be real pastoral here. Don't you dare put any shame on anybody for the sins of their past. If God chooses to remember our sin no more, then we don't shame and remember sin either. We just remember the goodness of God. The land of the living. Oh, Jesus. If you want to keep coming up, just put them in silently if you want to. But I want to read this Psalm 77. I'm going to close. There's a lot more rocks that are supposed to come in here today. There's just more. When you do come and remember this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I'm going to be putting in a few, and I hopefully will represent some. A man in Ukraine wanted to kill me and brought a gun out to, to just do that. He was ex-KGB. And I was on a missions trip. He, he wanted me dead. And you know what God did? He intervened. One of the team members told him about Jesus and led him to the Lord. That man took us to the bus under armed protection, walking through a really dangerous place in Ukraine. You might want to feel that some people want you. God is the deliverer from that. Amen. I will meditate on your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O oh God, are holy. What God is so great is our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people. I'm redeemed. My past is made sure in him. The descendants of Jacob and Joseph, the waters saw you, O oh God. The waters saw you and writhed. I love that. That which wanted to keep his children back and cover his children and stop them, saw God and they shook, they writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, through the Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. I remember the deeds of my God who did this for me and he did this for me. Build those memorials. Remember the God who's delivered you from so much, who've answered your prayers, who've kept you from making stupid choices, and who's forgiven you from making the stupid choices. Build a memorial. Do this at home. Do this in places where you just look at these rocks. Maybe color them a certain way. Write things on them to when you walk by, you say, God has been so faithful. He's done this in my family and to my friends. He is good because today is a day of remembering. Remembering who God is and what he has done for us. And I'll, But I want to speak to those who are feeling like, I don't see that. that I don't feel like God has done anything for me. Take courage that he can. He can. He wants to. He wants to move in your life. Keep pressing into him. Be encouraged that he knows your need.
He wants to meet your need. Hallelujah. We just thank you, God, for you are good. Your love endures forever. The mighty God who takes away my sin, the mighty God who delivered us from hatred, anger, bitterness, pornography, addiction. The God who brings healing the God who remembers our past no more. He chooses to forget the sin. You don't hold it against us, God. But God, we need to remember where we came from so that we don't go back to Egypt. In Numbers chapter 11, after there was so much deliverance, the people began to curse God. The people began to curse God. Why did you take us out of Egypt? We were happy there. What? What? You weren't happy in Egypt. You were a slave. Don't let the enemy come in and say it was better before. He is bringing you into the promised land. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Let's, let's together just thank him. And you know, thank him with your voice. You can thank him with a, 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 a clap offering if you want. Let's just begin to thank God out loud. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, that you set me free. That you've worked miracles in my life and in my family. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. There's more rocks, and if we run out here, go out, find one out there, and bring it in. Remember what it works like so you next week remember and keep looking at your rock. That's my rock. God set me free. God set me free. Amen. Amen. Guys, be blessed. Share your testimonies of God's goodness.